Hello and welcome to Recruiting and Hospitality from Cater.com. I'm your host, Lancelot the Ryan. And uh, if you've not tuned in before, what we do is every episode, uh, we invite top guests from the world of hospitality to discuss issues affecting employers. So we talk recruitment, development, retention, and also matters that affect you and your teams. Um, and that's really what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, it affects everybody in, in hospitality. There was a recent survey carried out um, which stated that 84% of hospitality professionals who were questioned for this survey had experienced some kind of mental health issue in their career. Now, 46% of these people felt that they wouldn't be comfortable discussing these problems with a colleague. Now, this only goes to show that there's still a lot of stigma attached to mental health uh, issues in the industry. Now, the Burnt Chef project was launched in 2019, and it was created with the intention of eradicating that stigma, that stigma surrounding mental health in the industry. And I am so pleased, it's been a long time coming, but I'm very pleased to have with me today the founder of the Burnt Chef Project. Would you welcome Chris Hall? Thank you very much. Uh, it sounds like there should be a round of applause in the air. <laughs> Not that I'm asking for that at all. <laughs> yeah, it's very good to be here. Thank you. Oh, it's lovely to have you. Lovely to have you. Chris, look, I want to begin by asking you, you know, you, you've set up this, this organisation and it revolves around hospitality, but what's actually your hospitality background? Where do you come from? Good question. So, uh, I'm a slight bit of a wolf in sheep's clothing when it comes to uh, my Get hospitality off the background. Get off. <laughs> I mean, I've worked in hospitality, right? But for me, I mean, I've I've spent quite a few years working in busy bars down in Bournemouth, but that wasn't my main uh, career. It wasn't my main job. It was a secondary job. Uh, and so my background's actually in sales and marketing. And I've worked in a variety of different sectors over the last sort of 15, 15 years plus, really. Um, you know, mechanical engineering, insurance. I've been worked in the travel sector as well from um, a business consultancy point of view. But my full-time career in hospitality started uh, when I moved up to Somerset from Bournemouth uh, back in well, about 11 years ago now. And I'd started working for a food wholesaler up here and supplying some restaurants in and around sort of Bath, Bristol uh, and the southwest, the Cotswolds area. And I didn't have a clue. You know, I didn't know the difference between a, a capsicum and a pepper, you know, and a chef would be like, well, they're the same thing. If I'm ordering a capsicum, then I want a pepper. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? And and so for me, I was green as you like, you know, a salesman coming into this industry and, a, a, you know, walking into kitchens at one o'clock in the afternoon and just this fear, this look of fear on people's face. They were like, you need to get out. You need to get out before chef sees you. Like, don't don't come here at this time. And so for me, I was always really curious. I was always really uh, alert by the hospitality industry, the structure, the service, the the seasons, everything about it. I fell in love with it. And then, you know, I stayed uh, building and working with sales teams for food wholesalers for, for a further nine years uh, after that. So 
for me, whilst I have a first-hand experience of working in bars where it's, you know, four or five deep from six in the uh, in the evening through to three in the morning, I'm you know very acutely aware of the pressures of that. Um, you know, I, my my longer-term career has been in a, a from a service point of view, service to the the service profession. Right, right, right. Okay, so right. You, you you have you have actually worked in the hospitality industry, so that's you, you're not really. Yeah. But where, so where did, was the idea for the Burnt Chef project born out of that? Where did it actually come from? So the Burnt Chef project, the initial concept of the Burnt Chef project came about after I'd had a mental illness myself in my late twenties, one that I'd been experiencing, unbeknown to me, since my adolescence, my teenage years, and it resulted in you know, self-sabotaging of relationships and other things going on to the point where I had to go and get some help and I had to do it privately because I needed, I felt like I was at, you know, at the end of the road, basically. And so I remember booking an appointment for a therapist and turning up at the door. And before I rang the doorbell, I took a quick look to the left and a quick look to the right to make sure that no one I knew saw me and, and knew I was going into this unmarked door. I mean, thinking about it now, it sounds mad. And I just felt this amazing, I say amazing, I'm trying to put a positive spin on it, this this sense of the shame and the sense of stigma that I was broken and damaged and that, you know, God forbid anyone should know this. So went into the uh, the therapist's office and said to her, like, I want to walk around with this empty space in my head like everyone else. Like, I, you know, everyone else is blissfully unaware. They're not ha- they're not plagued by alien thoughts coming through their head. And she was like, well, first and foremost, like, everyone has this going on inside their head. And I said, well, no, it's impossible because no one talks about it. No one talks about it. And she says, that's part <laughs> of the problem. That's part of it, stigma. So... I went through six months of therapy and a couple of years of just trying to discover who I was and what I wanted for life. And, you know, I was chatting to my friends in the trade, you know, my clients um, about what their experiences of, of hospitality are. You know, why do they, you know, why are they reliant upon drink? You know, why aren't they with their partners anymore? All of these sort of questions. And they were all like, oh, it's just the way it is. You know, that's just hospitality. It's, you know, we do this because we love it. But, you know, if you've come into this industry, you've got to work these 80 hours. And I said, well, have you ever asked for help for, you know, any of your illness, your mental health illness? And a lot of them are saying to me, like, like mental, no, you know, we're not. And they use the term snowflakes, you know, which is a right. quite a derogative term. Yeah. They said, no, we're not, we're not snowflakes. So I decided to start taking some photos because I was quite into my photography. I started taking photos of chefs general managers, front of house. Um, chefs specifically were only too eager to get in front of the camera and go, yeah, I'll have my photo taken. Sure, what's it for? Yeah, it looks really moody. It's really cool. What's it about? And I was like, oh, it's to raise awareness for the fact that we all have mental health and that some of us may experience mental illness. And as soon as you say that, they go, I don't want that posted anywhere. I do not want that, my name associated with the subject of mental health. And I'm like, yeah, but mental health is something we all have. We're talking about mental illness. So we're trying to raise awareness and just in general, and they're like, no, no, no. And so like a red rag to a bull, really, that was it. I started pressurizing more people into having their photos taken. And in a very short period of time, people started contacting me and saying, can I have my photo taken? I've got a story to tell. I want to, I want to be able to voice 
how I feel for the first time. And so whilst I was taking these photos, people started opening up. And, and that really was the first the first moment back in sort of May 2019 that this whole thing started. And it was just through trying to raise awareness in, in Bournemouth. Wow. Wow. What's, yeah, that's uh, it really goes to show how far we've come or are coming still. You've carried out a lot of research, a lot of extensive research as part of, of, of Burnt Chef. Through this, what have you learned about the state of mental health in hospitality? We have found that chronic stress and mental health issues are perhaps elevated compared to what the UK deem as the, as the norm. I mean, the NHS, I think it's the NHS report that one in four of us will experience some degree of mental illness within our lifetime. But in an industry that operates unsociable hours, often long hours, with high turnover rates, uh, which leads to skill gap shortage. So, you know, inefficient communication, perhaps poor leadership skills through no fault of individuals, just that's the way that the industry has been to a certain degree. We find that actually any underlying mental health issue in private lives or any susceptibility to mental ill health is exacerbated as a result of just general hospitality culture. So. And I'm saying all this from a positive side of things. I'm not saying that hospitality is terrible and no one should be in there. The whole reason why I started this was because I wanted to raise awareness for the subject matter, smash stigma, so that catering college students start coming into the industry more frequently because it's the profession of choice, because it's safer, healthier, it's got all the right things going for it. And those who are in the industry aren't retiring at the age of 35 or 40 and, and looking, for a, looking for an out or a career change. You know, I genuinely do believe that this is a fantastic industry and I want more people to come into it. But the things that we've learned in terms of the work that we've done over the last few years is that we need to start looking at addressing high levels of stress. We need to look at culture in terms of um, either hierarchy systems or uh, diversity, bullying, you know, the to topics of conversation around stigma and mental health and well-being. And we need to start looking at how we redesign the hospitality industry so that it's safer for, for everyone that works within it and it's more sustainable long term. A lot of people um, said in, in the surveys that you've carried out that a big concern for them is their work-life balance, um, quality of life. What can hospitality employees do to improve that or start making strides toward that? I mean, a lot of them, are, there are a lot of employees that are already doing this, but what more can be done is my question. Yeah, I think you, you made a really good point. You know, businesses are now looking at this as, a, as a, an important subject matter, especially since COVID, where we've started to see, you know, those who left the industry or were furloughed not returning back in, in, their, in their droves. We found that um, just over 30% of those who hadn't come back to the industry were still looking to come back within the next 12 months. However, there was a larger percentage of people who were looking at potentially a career change. So this is an important subject matter. And when you look at businesses, restaurateurs, for example, operating on net profits of between three and 5%, mm. the average turnover 
rate or the average turnover cost to uh, any organization is anywhere between sort of three to five thousand pound and that's lost in productivity wages it's lost in um, mistakes uh, advertising a whole host of different things now is a really really good time that we do need to be focusing on this and there's a lot of businesses out there making four three four three splits for example you know working weeks of four hours uh, four days on three days off which is you know, a great first step but sometimes the changes don't need to necessarily be as drastic. Sometimes it's the smaller changes that come at a low cost, such as improving employee engagement, having regular one-to-ones with your team members once a month. You know, rather than waiting for a yearly appraisal, giving someone psychological safety to be able to give you feedback on a monthly basis about how they feel within the organization, how they feel they fit, what they would like to be working on next in terms of career development or skill development, and for an open and honest conversation to be had that doesn't necessarily always have to end up in disciplinary procedures. You know, performance reviews have such a negative rap in this industry. As soon as you say to someone... Anyway, yeah, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's have let's. Uh, uh, we've got your performance review. Oh no, you know that wave of anxiety comes over. What have I done wrong? What am I going to get pulled up for? But just by having a regular catch up with someone and saying, "How are you getting on? You know, what areas are you are you um, doing well with? What areas are you experiencing difficulty with? Here are some things that we can do together to be able to improve your experience within this workplace. That can boost morale massively. It can boost uh, productivity as well because it gives people a sense of belonging that their voice is heard and this costs nothing it requires a little bit of learning because obviously this is a skill set that we don't utilize a lot in terms of being able to have that emotional intelligence to be able to receive feedback as managers and be able to coach and mentor people in the right way but it doesn't cost anything other than a bit of time on a monthly basis so that's that's one thing Another thing, obviously, if we're looking at working hours, you know, perhaps we do need to look at ways in which that we can, rather than doing four days on and doing 65 hours during those four days, how can we get to the stage whereby we are doing 36 hour weeks, which sounds like madness in hospitality. But every other, and to be honest, a lot of other sectors have hours 36 hours a week and in some countries like Denmark and Switzerland actually in Germany the average working week is 32 hours so if we're looking at that as a flagship and as a go-to model how do we get there and people are going well yeah in order for me to do that I'll need to double the size of my team and I'll need to employ loads of people which will increase my labor costs and damage my damage my profit loss ratio but then if you're not turning over anywhere between 80 to 135 percent of your workforce you're potentially saving at least five thousand pounds per person on a yearly basis now when you take that into account and multiply that by the number of people you've got within your organization and the time and the energy that goes into that all of a sudden Yes, you may have increased your labor costs, but you've significantly reduced any wastage costs in terms of employee and personnel and time. And so you're no longer operating on a, a three to five percent net profit. You, you could, in fact, if you're able to retain your team for longer than just one year, 
increase the the profitability of your business by focusing on the greatest asset, which is the people involved. It's all for the good, isn't it? It's it's win win, really. In it terms is. of in terms of actual attraction and recruitment, how can the industry say to the world, you know, this isn't just a job for the summer. There are great careers to to be had here. How can using what you've learned again through through Burnt Chef, how can the industry stand up and 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 make the the hospitality industry an attractive place to come and spend you know twenty five years of your life? Yeah, well, there's no magic pill for this. Um, I mean, there is great work already being done by the likes of Kate at UK Hospitality, who I know, you know, they're focusing uh, on sort of grassroots level, which I feel is really important. And the likes of Springboard, who have got initiatives in place to be able to train up apprentices for this, you know, between the ages, I think, of um, 16 and 24. Yeah. Off the top of my head. You know, these are fantastic initiatives. And I think that we need there's so much negativity around hospitality since covid you know with reports of abuse and long hours and all these other things that are coming out that i think we need to take all of that on board i'm not saying that we should ignore any of that but we should also be focusing on the positives on the fact that it is a sociable diverse dynamic industry where you can be as creative and inclusive as you want to be and start actually looking at how we promote that through not just a catering college level, but also down to to, to school level. Mm. Because for most of us, if you went to a careers advisor when we were at school and said, I want to be a chef or I want to be in hospitality, they'd be like, that's not a career. You know, you should be an accountant or a doctor. Oh, God, yeah. and, and we need to start changing that that narrative and go, well, actually, yeah, you you, you should be you know, a chef, because you will get to potentially travel the world or start your own business or meet, you know, friends that you'll have for life, you know, because it is a, a, an industry where you can express yourself and put your creativity and all your passion into something that other people can enjoy and you can see the benefit from. That's what we need to start doing. But that's very much a, a long term long-term plan you know that's not going to be something that we can change overnight i think short term you know there are a lot of organizations some of our stakeholders people like malmaison for example are working really hard in order to be able to put in place more benefits more perks for for staff you know retention bonuses in some businesses looking at you know paid sickness you know extra days off so that you can achieve admin tasks um you know gym memberships all of these additional perks and benefits that make up part of a, an overall package that actually say to people yeah do you know what you won't find this anywhere else come and work for us and i think that's a really really key point and that's part of part of the picture so you know that perhaps that's something to look at but i think the case is is as i said to a mate of mine who's starting up a business a, a restaurant actually I said, what is it that you want from your hospitality job that will make it perfect? What things will make it perfect? And I think once people can start thinking of that, throw off the shackles of, well, that's just the way things are. And that's the way things have always been. 
and start thinking about what your ideal working week would look at what sort of things you know does it mean you get contacted out of hours or when you're not on shift does it mean that you're working 36 or 40 hours a week does it mean that you get a thank you when you come in through the door you know and these are things that may seem small to some people but if you advertise those and you build this culture then you don't have to spend so much time and money on on marketing and resourcing and finding people because the people within your organization are the ones who are doing recruiting for you and it comes for free yeah yeah um i I mean in actuality have you seen big signs of improvement i mean i know covid's been a big catalyst in all of this um, and things started to change even just before COVID. You know, there were changes being made by employers. Have you seen more of this? Yeah, there have been drastic changes over the last uh, last two years. And you know, even the subject of mental health and well-being, this go back five to ten years, this wasn't something that was ever spoken about. And there are some fantastic organisations out there who are rallying the cause. You know, people like Tim at Healthy Hospital, for example, who who works more from the sort of front of house side of things you know there's a lot more conversations going on around this subject matter but I still think that there's um, there's a little bit of a way to go because we need to be educating those who are going to be leading the leading the charge and changing the way that things are because you know when you look at if you look at the back of house system for example the Escoffier system has been around for for decades and it hasn't ever changed. You know, it was implemented as a military structure. It was put in place. It's highly efficient. But then there's also some inefficiencies with it as well that damage things like culture, etc. So one of our key I think the mafia used is... a similar system as well. <laughs> yeah, I laugh nervously, but yes. Um, <laughs> you know, and it, in the right in the right environment, those systems can be brilliant. But I think yeah, we need to, you know, we provide free education through the academy for people on things like effective communication. Uh, we're building one on coaches, coaching and mentorship. Uh, we're also tackling the subjects that are quite uncomfortable for people like suicide and how to identify it and how to, to address it because it's quite prevalent within our industry. You know, 8% of people that text into our support service uh are, are generally related to suicide so you know we're trying to provide the industry with as much education as possible so that individuals can actually start to take this on themselves and run with this we're you know we're not here necessarily to to pull from the front there are people in this industry who are, are even more passionate than we are and if we can provide them with the education and skills that they need to then they they can make this into something fantastic tell me about the services the other services that the burnt chef project offers chris yeah so we've got a, a an increasing portfolio of services because what started off as a, an awareness campaign rapidly then started getting questions of okay so we understand that mental illness is something that exists within our business what do we do next so one of the first things we put in place was a burnt chef support service which is a 24-hour text-based support service available to anyone and everyone within hospitality, whether you're front of house, back of house, housekeeping, supply chain, a producer. And this is a service that's provided by a company called Mental Health Innovations, and it's a 24-hour text-based service. You text a number, 
uh, burnt chef to 85258 and you'll have a trained volunteer text you back within five minutes so if you're feeling sad if you're experiencing bullying or discrimination if you are feel like you've got a an underlying mental health issue that you want to talk to someone about or you're struggling with your relationships either in person or with drunk or or drugs then you can use this service and you'll get a real life human being taught to you and it's a signposting service so that's one thing that we put in place and, and that's you know we've seen over 1500 conversations just in the last 12 months uh, 90 I think 98% of the people that use the service felt better after the engagement. So that's a that's a good starting point. But that's merely addressing the, the here and now. So we also launched the Burnt Chef Academy, which is a free app you can download. Uh, and it has a load of resources that I've spoken about already. Management resources, personal development resources, all of these things that are able to upskill us in terms of our, our skill sets and, and starting to create better versions of either ourselves or our environments. We launched a diploma recently, so an apprenticeship, which is based around leadership and mental health. So that's a 12-month diploma that can be paid for by apprenticeship levy. Uh, and that will provide people with more in-depth skills on how to deal with conflict resolution, how to be the best sort of manager that you can be, and really start to address that skill gap shortage that we've we've discovered as a result of people moving through hospitality so quickly. Um, and yeah, the list goes on. We're developing an international peer support network. So uh, we have uh, over 50 ambassadors who are all trained in mental health, effective communication, safeguarding. Uh, and we're going to start hosting regular weekly chats in different countries so that people within with a hospitality background can drop in. They can talk openly without any fear of stigma about how their week's going or mental health. Uh, and then the ambassadors can signpost to relevant services in that area. So just to try and start to normalize the conversation. So we're hitting it from a number of different angles. And uh, yeah, there's more there's there's more on the horizon as well. Right. OK. Now, the Burn Chef Project is not a charity, is it? It's um, it's a non-profit organisation. Um, so. Yes. How do you raise funds? To, for the project so you run. That's a good question. So initially I started selling uh, rubber wristbands uh, over two years ago and using those funds, I was then paying for some mental health first aid training um, that then grew. Uh, my background, as I say, is in sales and marketing. So for me, it made sense to set up a e-commerce platform. So we sell hoodies, well-being journals, coffee cups, flasks, T-shirts, you name it. We sell Burnt Chef merchandise, which unlocks profits from that then, which then goes towards the free services that we put in place. But over the last sort of 12 months, we've definitely seen an increase in fundraising from community uh, hospitality community members as well as uh, corporate partnerships as well so we're working with you know the likes of Buckham and Liberation Group and Malmaison Hotel Devan uh, and we've got a few other partnerships who are wor we're working on currently and they are they allow us not only to reinvest the profits that we're making from the merchandise sales into the free services that we offer but they also allow us to be able to start to expand our operations and provide more support not just to the people in the UK, but also internationally as well. So it's really been a, a tremendous year of growth over 2021, but we've got a, a lot more work to do over 2022. Mm -hmm. So 
you mentioned, you know, fundraising. How do people get involved with the Burnt Shed project? What do they do? There's so many different ways you can get involved. So if you are, you know, if you're working in hospitality currently and they want to get involved in terms of just general fundraising, they can, you name it, whatever you can think of doing and you can fundraise for it, then do so. Whether that's ab sales, swimathons, 24-hour gameathons we've had, if they're looking to host, um, you know, an evening whereby you can charge guests uh, and donate some of the profits towards the Burnt Chef project. These are all very very useful ways and with an average cost of around about 16 pounds for every person that texts into the support service you know even a small amount goes a really long way and it can help uh, you know, a number of individuals so you know whether it's 50 pounds or 100 pound or, or more you know those are all really good businesses can can join up with this so uh, one of the things that we also offer is in-person training and again, all the profits from in-person training go directly back into the, the not-for-profit pot, which we then reinvest back into our services. So if businesses are looking at gaining more awareness around the subject matter, we offer mental health first aid training, hospitality specific. We offer management training in terms of how to start to identify sources of stress and how we start to mitigate those. And again, that's a great way of fundraising for us and also be able to provide a benefit to those who are paying for the services so that they've actually got something that they can then take on themselves. Um, we've got a, a skydive that we run around the clock. So, I was, I was, I was waiting for you know, how long it will take for you to get around <laughs> to the skydiving. You love jumping out of planes while they're flying. What's that about? Uh, There's been a lot well, of it happening. Tell us about, tell us about the skydiving. It's a bit of an ego thing, really. Um, Adam Simmons, <laughs> Adam Simmons uh, came to me and said, "Do you mind if I if I do a skydive for you to raise money?" And I said, "What a bloody good idea!" I said, uh, "Yeah, I'm going to do that." Thinking this scares the scares the bejesus out of me, and um, so I thought, well, if I'm doing it, I wonder how many other people would want to do it. So we just opened it up and we set up a deal with um, a skydiving company, and just said. You know, if anyone wants to skydive at any time during the year, can they do so? And they're like, yeah, here's here's how to do it. And so since then, we've had um, close to 50 people skydive uh, in aid of the Burnt Chef project, which, you know, whether they raise their, their initial skydiving amount and then £50 on top or uh, £2,000 on top, you know, that's that's almost secondary to the point that it's getting people to let other people know that we're, we're around and build our awareness, but also the fact that it's an opportunity to push your comfort zones a little bit and to, you know, to, I don't know, breathe, breathe, a, breathe some confidence in or a sigh of, a sigh of relief, whatever it might be. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been tremendously popular and we'll continue, continue going with that. But um, I tell you what, it's uh, yeah, it's an experience, especially when you're, when you're climbing higher, it's yeah, it's definitely an experience. <laughs> Just the thought of it. Um, oh dear. Oh well, goodness me. I, again, a bit of a bravado thing. I got in there and they said, uh, "So you're you're falling from seven and a half thousand feet?" And I was like, "Yeah." Said, do you want to double up? Do you, do you, you want to double up and go from fifteen thousand, which is the highest in the UK? And I went, "Yeah, sure. Why not?" My my voice was breaking at the time. And so whilst we're getting in the plane and we're coming up over the clouds and I can see down below, I think, Jesus, we are, we are high. And I'm looking at, at, at my mate, one of my ambassadors and I was like, oh, God, well, 
we're going to jump out in a few seconds. And I turned to my instructor and I say, um, what, 30 seconds, a minute? And he was like, no, we're only a third of the way up. Yeah, we've still got... <laughs> We're only at about five thousand feet. We've still got ten thousand feet to go, and I'm I'm there bricking myself. My legs are shaking. My nerves are going. My teeth are chattering, and I look to my right to the to to the stranger to try and get some solace and to to feel about, better about myself. And I look in his eyes, and it's an eighty year old man who's doing it for his eightieth birthday, and he's cool as a cucumber. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah, let right. that be a lesson to all of us. <laughs> I was like, firstly, respect. Like you, you. He was the first one out of the plane as well. He was loving life. But I tell you, once you get over that initial shock of free falling through the air and watching the ground sort of come towards you, the the high that you get from it, the adrenaline, the just the buzz is, yeah, it's amazing. It's something that you're you're you know will make you feel good for a little bit of well for quite an extended period of time if i'm honest wow wow if any of you want to jump out of a plane for burnt chef <laughs> please feel free tell me about it afterwards okay um so if people do want to get involved how do they contact you give us all your contact details Sure. So my personal mobile number is uh, no, I'm joking. The uh, if you want to get if you want to get hold of us, um, you can do so on our website. So it's www.theburntchefproject.com. We're highly active on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter more so, uh, where we post a load of free resources. We do giveaways because you know it's nice to be able to do something for people. Um, you can contact us for our email. There's loads of contact options on our website as well. So you can get in contact by any of those means. But I think um, we also run our own podcast as well. So you know, the, Burnt <laughs> Chef... oh. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Burnt Chef Journal has over 50,000 downloads um, across uh, about 120 odd countries. Um, so check it out. Nice. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, I'm sure not as many as the caterer, definitely not as many as the caterer.com, but you know, it's, again, it's a useful resource. There's so much information in there from people sharing personal experiences to, you know, we've got a sports psychologist. We're about to launch another episode for a sports psychologist on there as well. And so it's a really, really good way of engaging with us and engaging with the stories and, and getting that sense of community uh, with this subject matter as well. That's brilliant, Chris. I've got to say, it's been an absolute joy speaking to you. It really has. Um, thank you so much for coming on the programme. And I hope we get to talk again in, in the future. So thanks very much for that. Thank um, you. If, you. if you enjoyed this episode of Recruiting and Hospitality, uh, please do subscribe. We're on Podbean and iTunes and all, wherever you get your podcasts, just subscribe there um follow us on social media so again twitter um which is at caterer.com that's caterer d-o-t-c-o-m likewise on instagram where follow us on linkedin we're on facebook uh, as well um and be sure to join us next time on recruiting and hospitality from caterer.com i'm lance dot narayan bye bye